Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for the number one pre-market prep show? I'm your host, Money Mitch. I'm excited about today's show. we got a great show for you guys. Topics are solar tariffs, Chinese stocks, DD, Amazon gets a stock split, Apple's WWDC, and of course, we'll take a look at some of the earnings uh, and the ratings out there in the market. Stay tuned right here, your number one pre-market prep show. Hit the like button and let us know what is your top watch stock of the day. And of course, rise and shine. It's time to start the day right here on pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. Let's go ahead. Let's bring on Joel Conan and jump right into the futures action. It's a new era. Let's go ahead. Let's take a quick look into the futures. Let's bring up those charts. Joel, what are we seeing on out there in the stock futures? Uh, nice bounce off uh, that Friday close. Uh, we're back. We're up 45 and a handles, 41.52 and a half. Good levels on the upside and the downside. Crude uh, got over 120, new high of the move, giving some back, up 17 cents at 119.04. Uh, gold mosing its way up to 1900, up 750 at 1857.70. Silver up 50 cents, 22.40. Bitcoin, little trading range here. It feels like uh, 29.5 to 32, up 19.60 at 31. 495 in Ethereum futures. They're going the same way. They're up 165 bucks at 1,911. So starting the Crypto. week, yeah, starting the week out on a on a good note. Just about everything. Yeah, it's pretty much an everything rally this morning. I was just looking at my scanner. I got um, I got top 1,000 stocks and the ones filter the S and P scanner is only one, two, three, four. I only see like 12 stocks trading down. So that's, you know, solid for the markets, obviously. Um, this is, you know, and then one thing to consider in these scanners is sometimes you'll say, oh, this stock's trading down. Like you can look at Caterpillar right now. Oh, it's trading down a dollar, but that's not the case. It's actually bid up. My scanner will uh, just look at bids and offers. So if it's bid up, it won't hit the scanner. CNBC scanner would say, oh, Caterpillar's down a dollar, but it was just somebody, you know, from an earlier trade this morning that was just off. So it's actually bid up Caterpillar 224. It's not actually trading down a dollar. It's actually bid up a dollar ten. So that's one thing about your scanners. If you're looking at them at the last, you know, Interactive Brokers is one that looks at the last. It's not as effective as if it's looking at bids and offers. All my scanners look at bids and offers. Gives you a feel for where the stock really is, and you get those. It doesn't affect those outlier FINRA prints then either. 
Well, let's start it off. Uh, it's a brand new era. And yes, yes, I know the chat is going to be missing Spencer. We'll do our best to go ahead and I'll do my best to fill in here. Um, it's a new show, new era, guys. I'm going to do my best to bring you guys the value. You guys in the chat, let me know how we're doing and continue the feedback. That's what it's all about. Let's let's talk a little bit about the week ahead and what do we got looking forward. Um, you know, CPI data on Friday, Ooh. a lot of talk of inflation. I mean, if you look around, um, there's been talks from just about all the major banks um, kind of putting some warning signs on out there. Um, we also got talks over the weekend. Um, we got uh, Wall Street's top executives making their rounds on the financial conferences. Uh, JP Morgan's Chase, JB Diamond said the hurricane is right out there. Um, also, Goldman Sachs president John uh, Waldron, uh, who called the overlapping shocks of the system unprecedented. Um, there's just a lot of talk of worry of recession down the line. What are you guys seeing this week? Oh, whatever, Musk tweets. Uh, <laughs> Musk controls the market. Yeah, it's Elon Musk market. Yeah, and whatever else he is tweets. Playing in his market. Yeah, that's obviously the email last week with Tesla. People asking why is Tesla trading up? Well. He's basically uh, tweeted out this morning that the opposite of the email, because the email is saying that they're going to freeze hiring and potentially um, cut some staff. He's saying that's not the case. So obviously the leaked email he's tweeting out to uh, defend the stock and defend the company and Tesla's trading up 20 bucks on that. It was trading up higher this morning, though. Tesla's leaking here a little bit, but still up 2.58%. It's a nice gap up for Tesla. It's a nice gap up for tech today, really, Joel. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. just the Tesla market. This is obviously the tech market here, at least this morning. Um, that's what's leading. That's what's driving. Obviously, we've got the Amazon post split as well. That's up $2.24 here this morning. So showing nice strength after splitting. I look at Amazon. doesn't even look right seeing it at $124. But that is the case. So interesting I like markets it. here today, I like led it. by tech. I like that. I like that. You know why? Because I'm just like, boom, right now I just look at that. I look at the cleaner chart and I mentioned it to Mitch and it's like the levels just, they jump up and hit you side the head. So the volume, um, it's going to be one of your volume leaders every day now, because you think about, you know, the volume and obviously 20 times less. So it's good for Wall Street. I mean, a lot more shares traded on Amazon now going forward. It's already traded 2.7 million shares. Now it's not gonna be like that every morning because this is post-split and everybody's really excited, but it's gonna trade a lot more stock now with its price 120th of what it was. Well, we were gonna talk about it a little bit later, but why not? Let's just get into Amazon. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be on a lot of people's radars today. And one of the things is, I mean, we've been talking about when is Amazon gonna do a stock split for what? years and years and now we finally get it is this the opportunity for retail to get you know really start getting their 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 feet wet in amazon well the opportunity was six seven days ago when the stock obviously could not catch a bed and then seven days prior to the split it's been going up pretty much non-stop um from a quantitative perspective stocks tend to be strong pre-split tend to be weak post-split I don't know if Amazon's going to fall into that case. It's such a love name. There is going to be some excitement. There already is excitement here this morning, trading up 1.83%. But if we're just looking on a pure quantitative perspective, it's actually not the play to buy these things post-split. So again, Amazon's its own animal. Um, So all we can do, you know, 
do is uh, look, obviously, you know, at his history. And I know just from history that they tend to be weak. But in this case with Amazon, it's it's harder to say. I would just say I'd keep an eye on the adjusted. You got to obviously adjust your charts, but hopefully they're adjusted. Mm-hmm. 125.61 was a high from two days ago. Let's keep an eye on that number. See um, if that high holds. Uh, but everybody's excited at this point. It's already up two bucks. Yeah, we'll keep on watch. Uh, I'll definitely be watching it out the gates. I, I think it'll be going with a, a lot of tech today. We'll see what happens there. But let's go into this morning. A lot of focus is on what is on solar stocks today, guys. Uh, reason why is 24-month uh, tariff exemption on solar modules manufactured in Cambodia, Malaysia, and Thailand, and Vietnam. Uh, President Biden announcing this and also the Defense Production Act also being uh, put into play here, uh, meaning to accelerate American manufacturing across the solar supply chain. And this really comes after an industry wide uncertainty unfolded uh, with the DLC. Uh, the Department of Commerce on March 28th announced that it would act on a petition filed by ca- California based solar uh, module manufacturer. Uh, Accent Solar, requesting that the DLC review solar panels imports from China companies working in Cambodia and Malaysia, Thailand, and Vietnam. Um, So this came right after that. The May 12th low, ARC low, the May 12th low in growth was also the May 12th low in solar. So many names that morning. Remember I tweeted it out that morning, 10 minutes after it was happening. It felt like capitulation, a lot of these names. It absolutely was hindsight capital 2020, but that was the low for all these growth names, at least the low, the low in the last three weeks. And they've had a nonstop bid, and we can talk about how resilient ARKK has been as the S&P was starting to try to leak and actually made a new low on the move. ARKK did not, that new low obviously being on May 20th. But if you go and you look at the solar stocks, they have been more resilient than even the ARKK. I mean, SEDG, which is a big part of TAM. I always think the big two guns, Solar Edge and Enphase, E-N-P-H. That's two of the biggest components in T-A-N. They've been just on a tear, Joel. I mean, SEDG was 207 a month ago. It's now two, 316. So you're talking about a stock that's up 55% in the last four weeks. It's a yeah. hell of a move. Yeah, big move in both those stocks. I'll just look at, you know, just to cover it broadly. Um, and I'll look at TAN. And uh, trading up just almost hit 79. And uh, what you got, the question is, you're going to go up to <clears throat> go up to 80 here. Uh, that was your high in April. Um, exact high was a little bit above that. But um, I think that could be not only for uh, today's session. I actually had two highs in that area, 79.71 and 80.52. That's my. Uh, that's what I'm looking at in ten. Um, the other consideration here is is a big level. You're giving a great level there, Joel. Is that where a lot of stocks have you know are still significantly down from their merch highs. These solar stocks are going to approach these merch highs this morning. So. I think you get this, you know, news here, you know, which is good news. I think it could actually be a selling opportunity as opposed to a buying opportunity just because they've run so far. I mean, obviously, you know, this is the market where buy the dip hasn't been rewarded as much, but it absolutely was rewarded in these solar stocks because you got all the losses back from April and May. And what stocks can we say that about? that we're back up to the March highs. There's not a lot of stock. So I like the relative strength, but with that being said, I mean, TAN's from 55 to 80 in a month. 
I mean, this is now the definition of chasing, a hard chase too, with the gap up. It almost feels like a little bit of upside capitulation this morning. So exact opposite of May the 12th. So I think if I was long some of these solar stocks as trades, hey, I, think I, I think I would ring the register this morning. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, big runs, not only for the U.S., uh, you know, solar stocks, but also for the Chinese solar stocks. So um, just have to, you know, always look for pick a level, uh, pre-market level, see if you get follow through through it and pick a good daily level. Yeah, I was taking a look at JKS also for that Chinese yeah, play, but it also just already started moving a significant amount, about 30% wow, in so the good. last month. Um, so what Dennis is saying, I, I could see also, um, you know, this could be very much kind of a buy the rumor into the news. And now that we're getting some more news into it, I think yeah. could see a little bit of a pullback. But one thing that to mention, this is a 24-month tariff expen- uh, exemption. So, in the long term, in the long term, I think this is going to help solar kind of get that uplift. It just might take a little while. To I show still like up. solar long stock, solar long term too. It's just and you had the opportunity in May, and yeah. now it's you know you're stock, you're chasing stocks that are up 50 percent a month. This has not been the market to do that. You know, maybe this is going to be the exception of the rule. Maybe solar is going to lead the charge. Maybe we're going to get back to all-time highs. I mean, if there's any sector that's actually looking for the potential to do that, it is solar. But with that being said, I think I would wait for pullbacks on all these stocks. The only one I own still Sun Power, which I haven't looked at for a while. It's $20 <laughs> this morning, so it's come off the lows too. I mean, it was $12, so you're talking about a stock that's up 60% in a month. Hard to chase now, man. Chasing just hasn't worked. Yep, that is true. That's definitely true. Now let's go towards where a lot of eyes will be also today. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be particularly into this one stock, but DD Global up 50%, guys. Uh, so definitely, if you guys didn't see that, uh, it's jumping from the Wall Street Journal reporting that Chinese regulators would let them add new users again as early as this week. Uh, Chinese regulators are wrapping up their investigation on the ride-hauling giant DD. Um, and pretty much signaling here that the country's crackdown on kind of this tech sect could be coming to an end. And you're seeing uh, plenty of Chinese stocks up today and a lot of this based on the sympathy. Yeah, China's having a great day. Sorry, Joel. China's having a great yeah. day. DD up 62% on this headline. Are they delisting this thing still, though? They talked about delisting this. And I'm not sure. I don't follow it. Once the stock goes under four or five bucks, <laughs> I, I'm not really into trading it anymore. And I know I could, a lot of people like the penny stocks. They're like, man, where can you make 62%? But you know me. I like the bigger stocks. I like the more consistent. I don't like to come in a stock and see it down 30% the next day. So I tend to stay away from the stuff. So that's just my own personal preferences. But that's why I'm not following the story closely. But I do remember reading that they were going to delist this. And yes, the chat is confirming that it is going to get delisted. I never, ever buy a stock that is going to get delisted no matter what it looks like because you know yes you can still trade on the you know the other exchanges but i mean when it comes off the main exchange the interest in the issue drops substantially and it usually equals losses if you're buying so if the stock is and and if the chat is correct it is getting delisted Mm -hmm. i'd still stay away yeah, it's something definitely to be careful of. It's about up higher than 62% now, um, if you calculate uh, that move from the bottom there. And uh, this is going to definitely be moving, but it's not only moving DD, right? And we could take a look maybe how it's affecting the other Chinese stocks. Let's take a look at BABA. Um, let's take a look at JD. 
Um, those stocks are up this morning. And a lot of this, I, I feel, is based off of this outlook that maybe they're starting to actually let up on these stocks. What are you thinking uh, out there? Joel, There's, what are you thinking on these? Oh, man. I mean, it has. I mean, this is what they're saying today. So you don't know what they're saying tomorrow, right? Uh, Good to know. Yep. Yeah, they've already, you know, they've, uh, there's been a reaction already, right? This is kind of old news. I'm just the DD, the DD strong, um, getting over three bucks here. I don't know. I mean, just, I, I see a lot of highs here between three and 350. So if it's going to stall, it's going to stall in that area. So that's what I'm I got to think at. some shorts are getting squeezed in that too. Yeah. I'm going to look at the short interest because when yeah. stocks are getting delisted, the first thing I think a lot of people are probably short stock. So, you know, again, I don't buy stocks for short squeezes and the shorts usually end up being right. But this feels like an overshoot to me. It feels like a squeeze. Can squeezes continue? They can. It's hard to tell when these things stop. Let's take a look and just see. 31 million too of trade. Kids are going so. nuts in the background. Um, I don't have much short interest on this. Yeah, uh, 31 it, mil. They're pressing it. Yeah. I mean, maybe see if you get lifted at all. If you get lifted on stock at 350. And then there's a, a gap to fill up to 368. Um, Baba looks a little interesting here as far as just like a, a longer term play. Um, just looking at the, well, the most recent pop that it had pop and then dropped. And now it's just kind of for this one, kind of psychologically, I think if you like, if you hold over a hundred for a couple days and build a base, you know, take care of those lows around 103, 104, there's room on the upside. Uh, but I just like it that 50% right there is at 99. So let's see how long it can stay in, stay in triple digits, uh, four days last, you know, last month in May and then it puked. So see if it could hold a hundred. It's still, I'm staying away from China, but uh, Alibaba, you got to like that. It's held up that 78, $80 solid down there. So I think eventually it does maybe start to get over a hundred bucks. You're right. That level is the critical level for it there, Joel. Um, but we've put in some work. At least, you know, we've stopped going down. I mean, it's just been an ugly year and a half for Alibaba. I know because I wrote it down on some of that. Obviously got out of the last of my shares at 147, which was a major disappointment because I had it for five years, kick it up to 300, sold half up at 230, and then rode the other half back to even. I was like, well, I'm not going to let the winner become a loser and obviously scratched on the back half of it, um, which, you know, Alibaba just became, and every Chinese stock became hugely out of favor. Does that eventually story turn? I mean, what the, the big question still is like, what's happened with Taiwan? You know, what's happening, you know, in the macro political world with China? That's going to affect these stocks longer term. So I'm still, it's an unknown for me. That's why as a trade, sure. But long term, I'm still staying away from oh. all the Chinese names. Tough, man. I mean, technically, I'm starting to like Baba now. At least technically, I see a couple bottoming actions there in the 85s and 80s, and I feel like that's a level you can start leaning on. Um, I wouldn't see I wouldn't see uh, it wrong to kind of take that approach above 100 now to see if we get a nice swing up. I'm actually going to be looking at these. I have a feeling that we could get a little ride on up. Um, there's there's some technically levels right there. To if you on. showed me this chart, Mitch, I can totally agree with you. If you showed me this chart and it wasn't a Chinese name, I think I'd be on board with you. But I'm just scared of the <laughs> overnight risk in holding any Chinese stock. Yeah. All it takes, it's you know, difficult. is to say anything, you know, about the Taiwan situation or, you know, or anything. There's so many other things, too. A little more regulation. I mean, they've they've torpedoed their own stock so many times. 
Um, and then they don't care. So, I mean, this whole Baba started off with Chinese regulation. This wasn't even a company effects. Yeah. It's not like Alibaba, you know, wasn't, you know, executing. And a lot of this was just started from regulatory, Chinese yeah. regulatory. So, so that's why I totally agree with you. I think the technicals don't look bad, but I stay away just because it's a Chinese name. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'll be looking at these on live trading. We'll see if we get a live trade on these or not. Um, definitely keep watch on these names. Uh, a bunch of the Chinese names are moving also. It's not just uh, Baba. You can look at JD, PDD. Yeah. You know, keep your eyes on all these. Um, they're all showing a little bit of bottoming action, at least from what I'm seeing on technical levels. But definitely, I agree with that. Is you got to be careful about the overnight catalyst just coming and wiping the the gains out and we've seen it right i mean a couple of people played it near those gap down days and have written it up but then of course getting fought right back down so we'll see what happens with these chinese stocks let's move on a little bit here um we can get into uh let's talk a little bit about this apple developers conference is coming on up here um we can get into apple here so the wwdc is starting today it's a full week just to give a heads up it's full week it's not just one day um it's the apple worldwide developers conference it kicks off today um there's going to be talks um there's rumors out there that they're going to give a little bit more information about their goggle that's supposed to be coming out in 2023 that would be released in the united states first um, I think this is a big focus because they're going to be mentioning uh, products a lot to do with AR apps and kind of this new focus in their app store that they're really trying to focus on, which is these newer developed apps, AR, VR apps. Um, so you're going to see a lot of the platform talk being mentioned. Um, if I would be paying attention to see if there's anything actually uh, solid given to us about the goggles or anything like that. I think that's going to be a big focus. But it's mainly focused towards the platforms and the programs that Apple's developing with their new OS. You're getting a little bit of a pop. And uh, I think just really keep a close eye on uh, Friday's high for now. 147.87 Friday's high. You got the 148 in the, in the pre-market. You're 80 cents off that. So... I just, you know, to me, it should be up more, right? It should be up uh, above Friday's high and, you know, perhaps working its way uh, over to the 150 area. You got some people caught here, um, and I think that's the problem. You had uh, that uh, down day, big down day on Friday. So, you know, goes bid 148, boom, keeps on going. Right now you're 20 or 81 cents away from that. And then the focus for the week, the high for the week was 5174, but the high close was on Thursday at 5121. That's, that's four bucks away here. Uh, so relative strength, Apple's just not um, not not showing it to me today. It, it's not showing it to me really overall here. And yeah, it's still kind of going with the cues. It kind of looks the same, but I mean, it kind of led the charge down on Friday. And I don't want to own the stocks that are leading the charge down on the down days and then kind of lagging on the up days. So, <laughs> exactly. um, I, and I do own, I shouldn't say I don't want to, I own Apple in the long-term portfolio. I bought it a decade ago, so I'm not selling my long-term shares, but a short-term trade here, it's not showing as much relative strength as, you know, some of these other big tech names. So 
I'm cautious on Apple. I'll just say that. And we know, you know, I've been cautious on Apple for a while because I sold one quarter of my long-term position up at 170. I kind of wish I would have sold the whole thing, but I just don't want to realize all that tax. So I'm sitting here looking at the Apple and thinking, the stock's not cheap. Relative to itself, it's trading like 24 or, or it's trading 24, 25. Maybe it's 23 or 22 now because the stock's come down. But, you know, it used to trade like 10, 12, 13 times earnings. So relative to itself, it's not cheap. You can't come in here and say, well, Apple's, you know, just, you know, all of a sudden it's off 175 to 145. I'm going to load up because the stock is not cheap relative to where it's traded to itself. And if we ever do go into an ugly correction, Apple's going to lead the charge down. So I'm cautious on Apple here. And it just seems, too, is like it uh, it goes do- down more on bad news, right? When, you know, or supposed bad news, it comes, you know, it gets hit pretty. Like that thing never had a chance on Friday. Um, and then, you know, like a good, like, and I, I know it's not uh, directly Apple news today, but market news today. I mean, it, you know, I just, the spoos are up, whatever. The spiders are up 1.03. So I guess it's up a little bit more than the market, but, you know, it just, I don't know, you would be looking for a little bit uh, uh, bigger bang for the buck. And then the other thing too, uh, the market has seemed to shrug off the Microsoft um you know, uh, uh, lower guidance. I don't know if that's waiting in the wings for Apple as well, but, uh, you know, big tech, top components, you know, not the exact same industries, but I think that's something that has to be in the back of people's well, minds. The well, the Microsoft obviously was FX headwinds, which is an okay thing. And they, I love the market's response to the Microsoft to shrug it off because I was really concerned that day that this Microsoft, you know, might spill over, but the resilience of the market. They started buying growth that day and they didn't stop. And then they dragged even Microsoft up with it. Uh, but I'm cautious too. And I actually sold my Microsoft. So um, I just sold it, my Microsoft position, because one, we've had a pretty good bounce off the lows. Two, it's not a stock that I bought decades ago. It's a stock that I bought during COVID. Pandemic. So I hadn't have a crazy, crazy gain in it. I've locked in my Microsoft. I kind of wanted to sell it at 300. I watched the dang thing go all the way down to 246, and now it's had the nice bounce to 270. I'm kind of thinking, that's eh, not quite to the 50% retracement, but it's kind of close. You know I like my waves and stuff like that. So, And I'm still looking at my overall exposure. I have piles of cues and I have piles of tech, and I'm like, man, I own everyone. I own Amazon. And I own a little bit of Facebook through my kids' account. But, you know, huge position still. I, I, I rebought my Amazon. Huge position still on Apple. Huge position. The cues are my biggest thing in my long-term portfolio. You know, and I'm looking at this and thinking, I got just so much exposure to Megatech. I'm like, do I really want the Microsoft's bounce a nice 30 bucks or 25 bucks off the lows? So I've actually sold my Microsoft here now. Taking a shot there to selling that Microsoft. But I can't blame you. Like you said, it's not like it's... uh, It's not cheap, though. These were cheap before, Mitch. Like, and that's the whole thing. Like, you can say, oh, well, yeah, it was 300, but now it's 270, so it's cheap. Well, no, Microsoft still trading, what, 25 times earnings? That's... You still, you know, you got market cheap. multiple 17. Could this thing trade back down to 18 or 19 times if we're going to a recession? Yeah. And I still think we're going into a recession. So I'm still a net seller of stocks. Overall, I'm buying dips. I do buy some dips. And, you know, I'm doing some rebalancing. And I'm doing some other things. So, you know, I've been so heavy mega. And it's not even my, you know, it's just a matter of like the mega caps, the mega cap tech in my long-term portfolio just kept going up so much that it dominates it now. When I look at my long-term portfolio, I'm like, it's like almost half megatech cap because it's just, that's the stuff that went up the most. So I don't want to sell my Apple because I'm up 500% in it. Like I sold a little piece, but you know it's all going to kind of move together. So I kind of picked on Microsoft because I was only up 70% in it. 
as opposed to some of these other ones, like my cues, I can never sell them. I'm up, I think it's 1200 or 1300% because I bought them back after the financial, no, I bought them even before that. I bought them after the tech bubble burst. I'm stuck with that forever. So I'm like, so even through cues, I probably own six or seven. What, what's Microsoft and the cues, Joel? Actually, I think it's it's closer to 10, isn't it? It's a huge portion of the queues. Maybe I'm wrong with that. Yeah, I, I don't have that. I know it's the second biggest component. In the, the S&P, S&P, but I think yeah, in the queues, how much is Microsoft? I can bring it up. But, I mean, even indirectly, I own a lot of shares of Microsoft indirectly just because I own so many shares of queues. But let's just go and look at the queues. I think it's, it's probably higher than 7%. Oh, yeah, it's, it's 10%. 10%, right? It's 10% of the queues. Yeah, I knew it. So, I mean, I got my biggest position is queues. Now I own Microsoft, Apple. I look at the, the biggest components <laughs> of the queues. So my long-term portfolio, biggest position in the queues. The second one's Apple, direct. And then I own Apple and, and Microsoft indirectly from the queues. So I just have too much exposure there. Yeah. So I kind of analyzed this from a portfolio perspective. It wasn't that I hate Microsoft, but the stock I feel like has had a good run. It's not cheap. And, um, you know, and it did warn. Even though they shrugged it off, it did warn. It did warn, yeah. So that, And Google is the other one. I don't own Tesla. We know I'll never own Tesla in the long-term portfolio. But the other five, Apple's 12% of Q's, Microsoft's 10, Amazon's 6, Google's 7. I own all four of those, direct and indirect. So, I mean, that's why Microsoft... A lot of exposure. Um, yeah. It doesn't feel like if... Um, I mean, we, look, we're we both in agreement about, oh, we're ripping back to all-time highs, right? Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> it's not going to happen so, so fast. Um, also, it just kind of feels in like a, you know, when you pointed out with the ARC and stuff, this rally, we, we wanted to have a different uh, complexion than just Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon, Tesla, right? We want yeah. we want other stocks to lead. And that's kind of what sure. the charts are telling you, too, uh, for, for the, you know, throw out the high from last week, throw out the low from last week in Microsoft. I think if you're a longer term investor here, with digesting the news, digesting the market, the high close for the week came on Thursday. That was the day they came out with the warning. We are trading below it here. Uh, so can to me, if I was if I was Dennis had it but didn't sell it yet, I'd be like, man, can we improve on that two seventy four fifty eight close? You know that that would be big for me. And the market may have a good week, and that may not. So. Uh, 274.58. What's really... it going to take? I mean, that's where, if you're buying Microsoft at these levels, you're basically banking on no recession. Market. Absolutely yeah. no recession. Yep. Um, but mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. you're banking that, you know, they, they, they've got the huge gaming. They've got, you know, you see what's happened to some of the gaming stocks. And yes, you know, some of them have bounced back. But I mean, there's, you know, take two is $206. And it's, you know, you look at our $210, 126 Yeah, it's had a nice bounce back off 100 but They've hammered some of these gaming stocks, you know, and, and Microsoft's big there too. So it's lots of reasons, and you can still find the reasons to be bullish too. This isn't a bold call. It's just more of a rebalancing thing for me. So not a totally hate thing on Microsoft, but looking at it and saying it's not cheap to itself, maybe I should just reduce some exposure. And if you are buying it here, you're banking that we're coming out of this, you know, and, and going to be a soft landing. And I still don't see that happening. Your company, the company just came out and, t- and gave you bad news. Right. They just told and, you. And they bounced it. And I'm like, yeah. I feel like the bounce was a gift. That was my analysis of it to myself. I'm like, okay, I just watched my Microsoft fall significantly. And then it bounced that day. And when it bounced later that day, I was like, you know what? It bounced with the overall market. I'm like, I'm going to take the, the money that it just gave back to me because it was really ugly that morning. And I'm getting out of this. 
I actually, it's funny coincidence, Joel, because I had this analysis done a few days earlier and I had written on my sheet to sell my Microsoft and then it warned that morning. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, I was actually planning on selling my Microsoft and then it warned and gapped down. And then I watched the thing V that day and come all the way back. I'm like, okay, well, it's giving me the second chance to get out. So using that opportunity to get out, I didn't get out the 275, which would have been nice. That's where it was trading to, you know, prior to the warning, I believe, or 274 or something like that. And then obviously went all the way down to 261. But when it bounced back that morning with the overall market, I feel like it was more of an opportunity to sell as opposed to that, you know, huge opportunity to buy. That that reminds me, and this was back in, in the Bright Office. You put Microsoft the, back on the charts so just because they were talking about it so much? Okay, yeah. Uh, this is just a real quick story here. We were back at the Bright Office investing, and uh, I had this utility stock that I had a lot of different girls' money in, my money in, and, you know, it paid some crazy dividend. And then you could reinvest the dividends at like 5% below the market price, right? And I had just been building this thing for years and years and years, and it had some capital appreciation too. And um, this was right around like the Enron thing. And, uh, you know, things, companies were getting associated like with Enron. And I literally woke up one morning and I said, man, I hope this company doesn't have anything, you know, any dealings with Enron. And I talked to to the investment officer and I said, we're we're dumping this thing today. I go, I'm just, it's a large position, girls, college funds and stuff. And Lisa's like, well, maybe let's wait on this one. And it closed at like 34. It opened up at like 32. I dumped the entire thing. And that stock ended up going down to like three bucks. Oh, uh, nice. yeah. Which stock yeah. was it? It was called Utilicor. Utilicor. Yeah, UCU. It was like a, a utility. And, yeah. and like, yeah. And I, that turned out. Dana and Emily went to college and uh, did a couple other things with it. And um, it, it's it, when you have those those premonitions and then I'm like, oh, man. And then the day that that, that I wanted to sell it, they came out with the news. And how did we get news back then? What, what did we have? Was it it wasn't bridge? That's what we had. It um, we had. What did we have in the bright office? Was it Pony Express or uh, what was it? I remember. We used to whatever we used to get the news from, but uh, anyways, yeah, that's just go with your gut on stuff like that. Sometimes, sometimes you got to go with your gut. And I think most of the time, I think as a day trader, it's all gut instincts. As a longer term investor, you got to do a little bit of analysis and sometimes Mm -hmm. your gut's wrong, but the first feeling is sometimes the right feeling. So especially if you're seasoned, I mean, you're a newer trader, you haven't just developed that gut instincts yet, but once you've been trading for a while, often your gut instinct is correct. Confidence. Confidence in yourself is very important as you develop everything and to having confidence in your strategies. And that's why you're really doing it because the statistics uh, back it up. Right. Um, Let's talk a little bit. You guys are already talking about it and we can talk about it. I I had written down here uh, 22 percentage returns for the largest U.S. companies by market cap. Just kind of do a little deep talk. And Apple's down about, let's say, 18 percent here. Microsoft down 19.7. Alphabet 20.9. Amazon 26.6. Uh, Tesla down 33.4, uh, Meta down 43.3, and NVIDIA down 36.4. That just kind of shows you what kind of market we're truly in, right? Bear I mean, market. These market caps, especially these big companies showing bear, 
bear markets, right? Twenty um, percent yeah. usually talked about as a bear market, and you can see majority of those deep into the bear market. Out of all of them, and I own almost all of those names, <laughs> but I don't own Nvidia. <laughs> I'm not going to own Tesla in the long term portfolio ever, although I trade every day. Um, if I didn't own it, I would own Google. Um, I own it already. It's a huge position, long term portfolio. I'm in from 250 bucks. I'm up like a thousand percent in the thing. Never going to sell it. Uh, but if I didn't own it with the split coming, you know, in another month, I saw what's happening to Amazon on pullbacks, never on rallies. On pullbacks, that is one that I would add to my long term portfolio if I didn't already have a huge position in it. So I'm sitting here looking at Amazon, what it did pre split. As a trade, I would love a pullback in Google, maybe a 50% retracement of this recent move for whatever reason. You know, you go 2,000 up to 2,300. If you got down like 2,200 area, 2,180 again, I'd strike on Google. I don't know if I want to chase it here, though, because we are, you know, up, up you know, 12% from the lows here. Man, so don't all don't these like charts look the same? They all look these, the same. The, the, look it's, at it's, this. It's my I mean... fault. It's, it's the ARB's <laughs> fault, right? We all just arbitrage this stuff. <laughs> Q's going up and buying Google. Q's going down. I'm selling short Google. I mean, it's just you know, but, but it's in like all you're in and out. You're just going against it all. So but it's, it's all, all this... co- coming off the turn now. Yeah. Like, look at this coming off the turn in Apple. Oh, we're doing okay, and then we kind of die again, right? Microsoft. I mean, obviously that had the news, but the same thing. Turn off the low, and then wow, I'm starting to look tired. Uh, Google. Turn off the low. Oh, I don't know what to do. Um, and then Amazon's a little different. It had that really nice pre-split run, but uh, wow, you got you got you guys got to know what I'm looking at here in Amazon. I don't have to point it out to you. But um, and then T- Tesla's been its own beast. I mean, got got hit on Friday. But just take just think about the perspective on Friday. Seventy down seventy five points. Uh, was it down seventy five on the bad it's tweet? Down a lot. Yeah, yeah. Right, it yeah. closed. Yeah, seven seventy five. It went down seventy two points on Friday. On the, on the bad 10%. tweet. Yep, and then on the email. up, up. Yeah, and then up. So n- not the desire, net a negative net of fifty points. So not good. Well, you think, and and just think about the again, just bringing in the common sense to it all. Yeah. So you can kind of see where this has come from. Leaked email. Oh, you know, a little bit worried about some stuff from Musk. He watched the stock fall 75 points, so he put some tweets out there to try to like inspire some confidence back in, but it's already the damage was done. So is this just damage control by Musk? You know, I think so. And I think the market mm-hmm. would think so too. It is rallying on it, but you're not gonna get those 70 points right back because the email still got out there and they are worried a little bit about, you know, I think the economy going forward and whatever else was said. I forget already from the email, but we talked about it on Friday. Yeah. So I mean you bounce back a little bit of it. Could you get 730, 735? But I'm not touching Tesla here at this point, not after that leaked email. So we'll see. It wouldn't surprise me if it gives it back. Again, overall market matters. So it's a nice day for the market. And Tesla's so much of, of the S&P that it moves. You know, you can stick this buy. We've said this before. Stick this buy chart on Tesla. Throw a beta on it at 1.5 or 2, I guess, That's 2. Good, yes. And you're kind of the same. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. How do you you feel about the market this week, Dennis? Right on the fence. It's a very tough market. It's shown some pretty good resilience in the face of some Microsoft, you know, disappointment, even though that was FX headwinds. I'm really on the fence here. I think, you know, as a trader, I'm just kind of neutral right now. I'm trying to just, you know, we've had a, it was oversold. The market was oversold. We even said that to May 12th, which of the bottom and the growth stocks that were just so oversold. We've had the bounce now. So now it's like, okay, well, we're not oversold anymore. And we're kind of overbought a little bit in the last (laughs) couple of weeks. But, you know, do we have, you know, the, the, the possibility to go up a little bit more, consolidate here for a few days, which we've done on the S&P and move higher? That's a potential, too. I mean, we try to get up to 420. We can't get up there. But we aren't going down either. So exactly. it's, 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 it's holding up well. So far, so good for the S&P. Um, but again, longer term, I'm still cautious. So short term as a trader, I'm neutral. Longer term, I'm still, I put a little bit of money to work. Yes, you know, I, I said on Friday that I did buy the one stock, the one stock I bought, which talk about forever is God's miracle grow. Again, you know me, <laughs> I'm like nice dividend, lower PE, SMG. stock significantly off of it. It looks like a Denny stock. I need so, them to come take care of my lawn, you know, so. Well, that's it. I, you know, yeah. And I, I'm also thinking I got my landscaping coming in. I'm going to be buying some Scott's Miracle Grow product for my lawn. So I might as well. I need some weed best, and right? feed, man. Send it to I the just, house. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I know a lot of, a lot of my buddies that are technicians and they would, they would love that chart. That would be like, oh my God, that thing is so bullish. But just the, the general market comment, it, um, you know, we did put the double bottom in last week. Uh, it was that low was protected on Friday. And then, you know, when I did my write up uh, for pre-market prep plus, I mean, it was like, it, you didn't have a good feeling after Friday, right? It was not, you know, we, we were way up in the pre-market, you know, we sold off, we settled near, you know, the lower end of the session. But then when I do that, when I, when I try and write that rep, I'm like, well, what did we do this week? Right. Last week we gained 250 handles. That's a good week. All right. This week we gave back 45 of it. So it, 
you know, is it, are we going to go out? Is it going to be the same kind of rally like we had in 21? You know, we'll just go up, up, up. Or it was just, just a little breather. And the fact that, the, you know, that we did, you know, that we held the double bottom higher low on Friday. I'm like, I, the, 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 uh, the name of the article was damage control. And that, that's basically what happened on Friday. We did not fall apart. Now what happens with this positive reaction today, we'll see. But uh, we take out, you know, we take out the high from last week. I mean, then you're, you know, then you really have to turn bullish. And we got that up on the chart there. But here is the chat. And the chat is making the point that I've been making for a long time is CPIs on Friday. Yeah, it's exactly. You're going to see this market probably gyrate in and basically nobody really making a huge call to be buying stocks like crazy or selling stocks like crazy until we get that CPI data. That CPI data comes in soft. You'll see a rip roaring rally right through S&P 420. If that CPI data comes in same or hot it's going to get ugly it's going to be you know a binary event and it's going to be important now i would say coming in line is not good enough because we want to see improvement we want to see that now that we've raised rates that inflation is starting to show like it's getting in check so the fed can calm down until we see the fed start calming down it's hard to get bullish stock so if i see that cpi data looking good I'll be starting to. I'll be trying to grab stocks in a hurry. And yeah, there'll be like, uh, oh, go I ahead. I just want to get the forecast. There. The forecast for uh, inflation is a steep rise of 0.7 in May uh, through the annual pace, holding 8.3. Uh, the one number that's going to be definitely on watch is the core inflation, as that seemed to be slowing down uh, to a 5.9 reading. We'll see how that kind of works there. I think another important thing is kind of watching the consumer sentiment this week, right? There's a lot of consumer stocks still reporting here. Um, I'll throw up the calendar just so you guys can see some of these names. Um, definitely going to be watching uh, to see what happens. Uh, we'll get UNFI. Um, we'll be getting kind of uh, later in the week. We got some Campbell's. Um, we got Cracker Barrel, Rev, Dave Buster's Academy. Um, I'm going to be looking to see if we get continued looks of that demand destruction, right? I mean, that's one thing that we've been talking about here. Um, we've been slowly seeing it with the inflation, and that's a good sign that inflation could be topping out. Um, is that what you guys are continuing to see out there? The demand inflation uh, kind of destruction, Coming from it, um, I, I'm starting to see a little we, bit out there. We've seen it in the automotive. We talked about those sales year over year being just imploding, you know, at Honda, Toyota, Mazda. I mean, this is ugly for obviously a lot of those automotive companies. That's low-hanging fruit. It was obvious. It's why we talked about it. It's why I sold my General Motors, why I sold my Ford. It's why, you know, and I still love the EV aspect of that, but just short term. They got major issues of trying to pass this forward. I talk about it, you know, with my wife on the weekend. I'll drive, let's just drive by the car lots and look at the prices again because I drive by a lot of them. There's, I don't know why they even advertise these prices. You know, take the stickers out of the window because it makes me not even want to pull into your lot when I see a $95,000 Canadian F-150. I can't even believe it. They will not be able to pass through those costs. They need to. It's not their fault. Steel costs are up. Input costs are up. All the parts costs are up. They, they can't get certain parts. I mean, they, I get why the prices are what they are, but the consumer is not accepting of that. And people can. They don't absolutely need to have new cars. And the roaring you know, you know, expansion of an economic 
and the economic growth that we've had, you know, from 2010 to 2020, let's have a new car. It's going well. That's the first thing you cut out. Starts going not that well. Cut out new cars. People that are mentioning in the chat, oil, and I, I that too. I swear, I swear, them. I ran. I don't know where I was going, and I went somewhere, and I looked at the gas at the local gas station, and I think it was like five twelve, and then I went or something like that, and then literally, I don't know if I went to the store or, or the pool or something. I came back. Same day I drive by and it's like five sixteen. Huh. I mean, what are they? They having someone up there just staying in the stand and and posting uh you know the changes on uh on that. So I mean that that's a that's a that that's a huge component. But, yeah, uh, I, I mean, mean they have they have platforms that work together, right? So like if one gas station goes up, they see the other. It, it alerts them that they need to raise their price. That's the way it works. I used to run a couple of gas stations. So I know, I know that they have those platform and algorithms that tell them when to raise the price. So uh, let's just say, I'm sure they're checking it multiple times a day and uh, multiple times a day, they're probably having to raise the price. Yeah. So. Have you ever had a sandwich from a gas station? I mean, I, I ran 7-Elevens, Joel, so oh, we, we won't get into all those sandwiches. They're not bad, Joel. You just have to have lower expectations. <laughs> Everything's about expectations. You $5 go into pieces, those, like 7-Eleven, you're like, okay, Slurpees, I'm going to eat this sandwich. It's not going to be very good, but I'll eat it. And you're like, it's not bad. I went golfing this weekend. Actually, not even mini golfing, real golfing. But uh, I, so like, did I. They, 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 so they didn't have – it was a smaller course, and they had them going in there for lunch. And, you know, I didn't want to wait for a burger. And they said it's a pre-made sandwich. So I'm sitting there I'm like, all right, it's going to suck, but it's going to fill me up. And I was like, you know what? This actually wasn't yeah, even that Yeah, but that's bad. a golf course. Sandwich. It's all about expectations. That's a golf course. That's I'll tell you what. Course. The 7-Eleven I've ate lots of times, well, I'll just tell it's you, bad. the first time that I, I saw someone do it was uh, Rob McLister and I went to Chicago on some business. And we drove back. He stopped for gas in one of those places, and he got what did they call taquitos and a hot dog? Yeah, and, and I was just like, I was just like, I I couldn't believe he ate that. But the only time I had a gas station uh, sandwich is when, and this was back during COVID, uh, when we decided that we were, you know, go get Emily out of Virginia. And it was like the world was about to lock down, and I was just like, okay, I need a sandwich. And we stopped at the gas station, got a sandwich, and I lived from it. But uh, I lived. Uh, you live. Oh, this is a bad tangent. Bad, oh, you bad live. tangent. Bad I'll tangent. tell you what. I'm waiting Wait for Wawa. Bitch. Wawa to go public. When Wawa goes public, you guys call me because I'm going to be there. I'm going to be the first buyer. Uh, let's go into our ratings of the day. I want to talk a little bit of ratings. Yes, I know, guys. We, we barely ever cover ratings. I'm going to start trying to get to them here. Uh, let's go into the Morgan Stanley upgrade here, CrowdStrike here. Uh, they upgraded it to overweight and raised their price target to 215 here. Uh, so CrowdStrike getting a little bit of a raise today. What are you guys seeing in the cypress? I was hawking this with somebody um, on uh, on pre-market prep plus, or it was at the close show and they had earnings at the end of last week. Right. Yes. And I looked at it and I'm like, how can you ignore this support level here? Yep. Uh, and I'm like, if you know, and it was hanging like 162, 163. I'm like, I don't know where it's going, but I know where if it goes, I want out of it. Right. And that was like one, you know, 158, you know, 159. You had the four low and it just so it was just it wasn't, you know, not a retracement of, a, of, a, of any nature, 
but it was just there was such a firm buyer in there. I'm like, you know, hey, where's your, uh, you know, there's your support. Uh, now you're, I hate when you move up on these ratings and you float it up to one one sixty nine twenty. I'm not gonna. There's really no daily levels in here. I mean, uh, I I wouldn't worry about you know one sixty eight or one sixty nine. Your next daily high to contend with is one seventy eight eighty nine. So. Maybe not today, but that's what I'd be looking at. If this rally is going to continue. They look at the charts. We know they do. Pactor tries to time them, too. We know the analysts look at the chart. And they're looking at the chart in this case here, Joel. They're seeing the support that you're seeing. This was a good-timed upgrade. Um, And I I don't know necessarily. I like like fading the analysts a lot. But in this case, I don't think (laughs) I'd fade it. Nope. I would not either. The are fine. Yeah, it's it's still cybersecurity, which isn't going away, and it's been hugging, hugging the 160. So, like, you know, as long as it's holding that 158, 160, I think you're going with it. Not necessarily chasing, but again, I think you're going with it. So, I kind of like this upgrade. Um, I've been talked to, and I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but I've been talked into um, a cybersecurity stock. Uh oh, now what? S. Okay, Sentinel one. Who's yep. talking to that? Sean? Yep. Ah, the U doll. Yeah. U-Doll. Well, he's been talking. He's been talking to me about it since forty. So um, I haven't. Done it. <laughs> there you know go. That's how you do it. You wait for uh, a fifty percent retracement and you jump on it, baby. Valuation scares me on all of these things. I do get that the story is still intact, but the one thing about the cybersecurity stocks is yeah. the valuation yep. of most of these companies is still nosebleed. That's why they're not touching my longer-term portfolio. But as trades, you can trade anything. I would say your S Sentinel one, as long as it holds t- Thursday's low twenty-three ten, you're okay. You know, I wouldn't want to see it start breaking down below Thursday's low because that's kind of a slippery slope down to twenty. So as long as it's holding that low, I'd say you could take a shot here. So I don't mind the shot. What I like about you know listening to your analysis and you know and Sean and like you know other. You know uh, the other great people that uh, we have on the show. Did you know I had um uh, Gene uh, come on on us uh, on uh, on Friday and bid farewell to Spencer Gene That's Munster, nice. and he actually nice. interviewed him. It was really good. It was really good. But what I what I like listening like you talk about like the valuation right and how it scares you. Where where Sean analyzes it is like where it's going, like how much money they can make. Yeah. Right? And and yeah, so that is a predictor of future sure. valuation. So I, you know, the dichotomy of the way you know, listening to you guys, it just it just helps me with you know my the overall. You know, you're like I can't buy it because of the valuation, and Sean's like this thing's going to grow into its value. This thing's cheap, and that and that's a different story. And that's because Sean is doing obviously a lot more research on specific sectors, exactly. it's just tech stocks. He's looking, and when Sean says something like it can grow into it and he's got projections, sometimes when I'm doing long-term analysis, I try to look out to the projections and you try to get a feel. I mean, it's you would have never owned Amazon if you thought it couldn't grow into its valuation. But, you know, you got Pactor, who was on the show. Pactor helped me on Amazon, too, you know, buying it, you know, and not being sure because people were like, when Amazon was like $300, you know, going back to, you know, obviously pre, you know, pre-split, but going back to like seven, eight years ago, Pactor was on this show and saying, look, yeah, it looks like it's trading 100 times earnings, but one, it's going to grow into that valuation. And two, is they're, they're spending so much money in R&D and dumping it back into the company. They could make more money right now if yeah. they wanted to, but they're just concerned with growing the top line. and They're not concerned with the bottom line right now. And yeah. Pactor explained that on our show like seven years ago. We've been doing this pre-market prep show a long time and totally talked me into Amazon. 
And I'm like, okay, well, this makes a hell of a lot more sense to me now. So to the point, the same thing. If they have the numbers that they can eventually grow into that valuation, that's okay. But you got to find a path. And a lot of times the path is hopeful, wishful thinking that they can go into the grow in the valuation. And it's not like concrete. It's not there. In the case of Amazon, it was absolutely there. You know, number one retailer, 10% of all retail sales you know, running through Amazon. Uh, Sentinel One, I've not done the homework on that, so I won't argue with Sean. I have no idea. Um, but I do trust Sean's work. So when he says it grows in the valuation, it's worth researching to see if it can actually do that. All right, let's go towards another area uh, being focused today. Uh, upgrade here by Raymond James on Spotify technologies to outperform, announcing a $150 price target. I think this is definitely one to keep on watch as you've seen uh, stocks come on down here. Um, Where's the valuation kind of meet where, you know, where investors will start stepping on in? I think that's the real question here in Spotify. I'd stay away from this one. So as much as I like cybersecurity stocks and I have a Spotify account, I'm paying the money. The valuation on this one is still nosebleed. And this, you just wonder, like, could there be another thing that comes out that's a little sexier, does it in a little different way? I mean, all they are is bringing you all your songs, and it's awesome. Did I? I uh, sorry to on. jump in here. Did he? Uh, Elon sell some Twitter? Oh crap! Oh, Bring it up. Good. Let's take a look here. Let good me go call, ahead. Joel. We're, we'll go over there right now. Twitter's just uh, oh. falling here right now, hard. Yeah, I see an don't... active stake being out there. I got to get through it here, but yeah, um, we'll, we'll get we'll get this right now. I don't I'll, think he I'll, bought any more. If he bought any more, it'd be a Well, it's probably commentary here. So let's yeah. see if okay. there's a comment or something. We're going to get this for you in a second, but good call, Joel. We'll just try and Mitch is doing homework. Yeah, I'm doing homework. Do the quick technical. In 10 seconds in the background, me and Mitchell hunt this down. What, what's the Oh, man. You're, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're pulling back here. So if you thought, just technically, if you thought you want to be in this for the merge and it's going through you had about a six buck moves that brings you back to there you go. 38 38 and a half Chief. yep go ahead i've got it here too elon musk in a, uh, a letter delivered he asks for more information on the fake accounts on the spam yeah he, he they're yeah. pretty much saying that they're refusing mr musk's data request um so he's requesting certain data he's and they're not providing more it. information so wow. this is, again, this is this concern because this is the concerns that he brought up when it was 50 that there's a lot of fake accounts that he didn't. He, there's a lot more fake accounts than what, you know, Twitter is saying. They were saying 7 8%. He thinks the number is a lot higher, and that's why he wants a price adjustment. He's still asking for that information. So yeah. despite him saying, yeah, he still wants to buy Twitter, now that he, if he's still asking for this information, it makes you think he wants a price reduction, which he I, may I, get. He may get I, it. I, you know, I don't, I don't agree with a lot of stuff that you know he says and does and I, I do agree with a lot but this he is so correct on this i mean i i think i picked up like three file four or five uh, twitter followers over the weekend they're fake i can tell they're fake <laughs> joel thinks everybody's a fake follower I, 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 <laughs> he it is. Like every single follower oh my is gosh oh he's musk he's like, like oh well, first oh, of all first of all dennis do you get like a lot of pretty girls that are like stock, <laughs> stock market Joel. experts. They're, Joel, they're, they're, they're pretty experts. girls. Always trying. They're, 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 in your, they're, they're stock you, market Joel. experts. They're, they're moms and they're expert options traders. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And they, that's all they do is parent and trade options. 
And that's all. That's that's the new trend, bro. You didn't know women. that. Like, you okay. didn't know that, Joel. That's yeah. the new trend. You pop yeah. out babies and you stock or, trade or options, you, or you could look and um, you know, just like every once in a while, like okay. And a lot of the fake people follow like the same people. Like I like I'll see this fake one. And I'm like, oh, this person you must listen to the you know, boom, boom, boom. And I'll go look, and they follow me, and they follow Dennis, and they follow used to follow Spencer, and they follow Mitch, and then they follow. They really listen to the pre market. Elon, they follow me. They're real. Like they follow like Elon Musk. They follow Elon Musk, and then they follow uh, Warren <laughs> Buffett, and then you know, and then they have <laughs> their algorithms. Fake. And they're like, Joel said this, but Dennis said this. And they put it in the computer and they're like, okay, let's buy Amazon today. This is based on our Twitter log. Yeah. So that is what's going on with Twitter. Essentially, you know, just repeatedly request since May 9th to facilitate his evaluation of spam and fake accounts on the company's platform. Form. That's read right through it on on the active form there, and so pretty much, I mean, he he's trying everything and anything if possible to, get a price to maybe back out this deal yes. or get a price reduction. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's just be honest. He that's, has buyer's that's what remorse. It shows like it. He has buyer's remorse. He has FOMO, but the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has Selmo. He's, def- <laughs> he's definitely got. Yeah, he's definitely got buyer's remorse. I mean the fifty-four. I don't think there's a. I, I don't think there's a chance. I don't think there's any chance unless they like try to like get him right there and hold him to it. I think he's going to get a price reduction. I think it could go like forty-five. I think it could go forty-two. That's why to buy it here at forty dollars now thirty-seven fifty. It's the risk reward. Like I think if the deal goes through, I don't think he's getting fifty-four. I think it's going to be like a forty-five or something. So you got like eight points upside. That deal doesn't go through. Again, you've got to look at where is Snapchat now? Where is Pinterest now? You know, where after, you know, that, you know, I think Twitter is like under 30 bucks. So I, it, it's tough. From a risk-reward perspective, as you get down to the 35, it starts to look a little more attractive. And you start thinking 10 points up, maybe six, seven points down. But I just think, you know, with everything we're reading here, he does not want to buy. He does not want to buy this company at fifty four twenty. You know what? And here's another thing too. I mean, you know, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say that anything happens nefarious on Wall Street, right? But not only is he kind of hung out to dry in Twitter, he's kind of hung out to dry in Tesla too because he has his. I mean, and I know it's down at five forty, where you know the so so basically they got it. You know, we know he has a huge position in Twitter. Right. If the deal doesn't go through, he's going to have to do do something with it. And he has a huge position in Tesla. And he, you know, obviously, you know, doesn't ever need to you know, sell a share again. And he's a, you know, a billionaire beyond billionaires. But, man, I would I would never show my hand in two stocks to Wall Street on any for any reason whatsoever. So what's he going to You know, what if you have to get out of this Twitter stock? You know, one thing buying it going up, seeing it go up, but hey, you know, the Roach Motel, man, they'll let you in, but they won't let you out. I, I'm so glad. And what again, Sean talked about, hey, should we get back in this? Deal goes through 43, 44, 45. I'm like, no, I just I don't I don't want to be involved in this. And um so that's it. But guys, I just realized it's nine o'clock there. So I'm gonna oh, hop yes, off and I'll give I got the Brentster coming on pre market prep plus and uh that's at pre market prep.com. Yep, I'll check it with you guys later on. Go get them. 
All right, guys. Uh, we're going to start wrapping on up Mitch, here. I'll read Mitch, the last comments Mitch, show today. Here. Spencer, we miss you if you're listening. Spencer, yes, we're going to yes. miss you forever. Mitch, you did a great Always. job. I mean, Mitch is going to be running us for, with us here for a while here now. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're lucky to have Mitch. Like a lot of people don't realize, you know, when Spencer, Joel, you see me and you see Spencer and you see Joel every single day. Mitch is right there in the background feeding us topics, feeding us information, coaching the chat, monitoring the chat. He has been so involved with the premarketprep.com show for years here now. So, you know, he's just, you know, being front and center in it now, but he's always been there. So that's why it's going to be a smooth transition. Great job today, Mitch. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. And like like we said, uh, definitely tune in on to the must comments there. It's going to be definitely fun, but hit the like button. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I'm going to do my best to definitely bring in the value. That's what it's all about here on pre-market prep, the best morning show for stocks out there. So you guys do us a favor, smash the thumbs on up. That's how you guys support us. And we support you guys on out there by bringing you guys the interviews that you want to see the comments and the topics. And of course, if you guys got some feedback for pre-market prep, throw it in the chat down below or hit the comments after the show, and then we'll definitely go ahead and make the show better. I hope that Spencer enjoyed watching us. I'm sure he watched this at least. So definitely give it a thumbs on up for Spencer too. We're going to keep building here right here on Benzinga. Up next, you guys got some live trading with Zunaid, Ryan, and I. I'll see you guys on over there. Let's go make some money, and let's keep it going right here on Benzinga. Let's go, guys. Let's go. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.